Welcome to Tuke Talk, a video podcast by the band Tuke, and brought to you by Blackfrog Media. We chat with the best in the music industry from yesterday and today with a focus on the good old days of Canadian rock. This episode originally streamed live on Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021 on Facebook Live. Now, here are your hosts, Todd, Brent, Shane, Corey, and Darren. Hey. in Newfoundland. What's going on, guys? Hey, Hello. how are you? I haven't Different seen, I haven't shoulder, seen Darren good. in several weeks. I don't think I've seen Shane. <laughs> you got a leave? You're drinking a leave? Coffee, coffee, a leave. Brain shoulder now. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. good. Where, yeah, where have yeah. you been? Your adventures have taken you Yeah, I was. Places. I was in Tahiti for about nine days. Tahiti sounds wow. like one of those made-up places. Like when you were a kid, you know, you'd see Tahiti Treat or some beverage, and you go, oh, "This sounds like made-up place." But yeah, no, it's a real Tahiti place. Treat. I remember that. What was that as a kid? Like a yeah, drink or something. Tahiti like Treat. Soda. Yeah. It might have been Canadian. Uh, yeah. Do you think it was? Canadian? I think was it was Canadian, actually. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Tahiti Treat. And it had like a palm tree on it. Discuss? Yeah, it was the uh, the Kool Aid kind of competition, wasn't it? The, there you go. The Some dude. Kind of, the well, uh, you know what? The Hawaiian I'm Google. I'm going to Google Tahiti Treat and see what comes up. So you I were in Tahiti, Shane. Tell us yeah. how uh, how did you enjoy yourself? You know what you would envision Tahiti to be, like Hawaii on steroids, just absolute picturesque settings everywhere, mountains, these lush, big, huge, towering it's mountains. Cool. And, it's made by Canada Dry. Hmm. So there you go. Very Canadian. Beautiful, yeah. The water is immaculate. I mean, clearest water I think I've ever seen in my life. Coral reef. And swam with the sharks. And what? What kind oh, of Oh, there it is, yeah. He's a tree. What kind of sharks yeah, down there? Don't swim with sharks. They'll eat you. Well, you know, they're yeah. just reef, reef sharks, so they're probably four and a half, five feet long, maybe. But hmm. they don't bother you. Then there was. It's funny. The thing that freaked me out was the was the stingrays because I oh, stepped yeah. on one one time oh, surfing yeah. and oh, yeah. it was the most pain I ever felt. But these oh, big really? stingrays, yeah, these big stingrays. I mean, we're talking like Steve Irwin size, like this big. For real, yeah. Mm-hmm. They just yeah, come right what happened there. You and just yeah, swim right by. Like, oh. So but, what? Uh, how did that work? Does it it stung you and you were like messed up or like are you down wow. when that happens? Is that, is that true? You have to like pee on your leg to get it to the pain to go away. <laughs> no, I mean you, you end up. <laughs> to be your... honest, I I just peed on his leg anyway. I didn't know what was going. On. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, no, I just anything goes like in Tahiti. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, yeah. in Japan, I was surfing in Japan and I stepped on one and they're about this oh, big, wow. but. They kind of burrow under the sand and then they stick yeah. their, their tail and you get it in the foot usually. And it's like, it feels like getting hit with a hammer, but the pain doesn't go away. It just like oh, stays. But you end up having to, you put your foot. crazy that way, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It does go away though. You just put your foot in a pail of water, hot water, like scalding hot water and it'll go away. Ooh. Well, you no, just burn you. the pain oh, away? Yeah. You just burn it out. Now, it, it doesn't hurt now. It just burns. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, mm. They have lots of footage now of people, you know, now that we have drones and stuff. And it's mm. amazing how many sharks are literally just hanging around where people are swimming all the time. Like, it's not like a yeah. new thing. They just sort of see it more now because they've, they've got drones going around. And, yeah, there's some sharks. Yeah. Just because well, they don't, all, they don't the all bite. 
You know, it's no, only like yeah. the tiger sharks, the bull sharks, and you know, the great whites. All the other sharks don't really bother you. And most of them aren't really looking to hassle anybody. No, even yeah. the great whites, any shark yeah. really, they just mistake you for a seal or turtle. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that says something too. So yeah. Well, yeah. we're glad As you're there. back, Shane. And you uh, had a nice tough day. nine days, probably relaxing in Tahiti, yeah. but welcome back. Yeah, welcome yeah, back yeah, to yeah. masks, right? It got worse since you got back. Like all of a sudden, yeah. Vegas is all masks again. And LA really? masks too, isn't it? Wow. Yep. Not out here in Ventura. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, California. Yeah, we're locked down again. Uh, really? Mm -hmm. So what do, you, what do you think? Is that because they just loosened everything up too soon or what? Because, I mean, we're going as of Friday to, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I'm in Ontario right now. Manitoba yeah, is going. Manitoba is going. Bay. Yes, I'm in the uh, the rock radio. You're home. Here. For the record, Darren is a Thunder Bayite. What's the word for a Thunder Bayer? An, uh, uh, a thund good a question. Thunder Bayite. Thunder Bayer. Dude, dude from Thunder Bay. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. That's you. You're so home. You're, you're home. You're at the radio station. Is that what you said? Well, uh, my bro uh, my brother broadcast from home during COVID, so this is the uh, the setup here. So yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and just cool. tell us about your brother because he is either program director or what's his um, his gig in Thunder Bay at the radio station. What's his uh, name? What's Dave. Name? Dave. Dave, Dave yeah. Steen. He's right there. What, what is Did your you play player? a little ditty on that guitar? Sitting there behind Dave. Dave, let's say hi. Music director and on air host at Rock 94. There he is. Hey, hi, Dave, Dave Steen. I'm Dave executive Steen. producing the show today here. <laughs> there you go. That's yes, why it's are. going so well. <laughs> it sounds good. Looks good. Everything's good. Yeah. <laughs> Great, thanks. Dave. <laughs> Someone gonna play that guitar in the back there? Yeah, oh, who's going on? It's for sale. It's a robot too. The uh... oh, the robot tuners. Yeah, mm. I was just talking to somebody right. yesterday because Gibson went through this whole phase. You want to get into some nerd talk now? Before the current um, administration, there was a uh, administration like it's politics. Um, there was a, a, a they went through a phase of adding these robot tuners to all the Gibsons that had. They were supposed to tune themselves in a sense, and it yeah. really wasn't that successful. But now I'm kind of thinking maybe we should just go all out and buy all those robot tuner Les Pauls that'll probably be going for next to nothing. Take those out, change them out, boom, new guitar. Exactly. Thought to self. Thought to self. When I bought, um, it's called a roadie. It's just like a little thing. It basically does exactly what that does, but it was like 100 bucks. Oh, I think really? you saw Shane. Remember, you guys were playing at 92 City. You just basically stick it on the wine, you know, and on tuning peg, and it'll just automatically, you know, put everything into oh, really? it. And, oh, yeah. You can Crazy. store multiple tunings in it. It's pretty killer. Yeah. Can you huh? click a button and get like a drop D? Yeah. You change, the, you change the tuning, and it'll basically just automatically adjust. Just, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Go check it out. It's called the Roadie. They have a Roadie 3 out now. They got it for guitar and bass. Yeah. It's pretty I'm awesome. Google it. I'm going to Google it right now. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah, this episode so brought to you by Brody. We're hey. be in Canada, right? So uh, Andrew White says people from T Bear called Lake Headers. Oh, you want to agree to that, Darren, or no? Um, what is that? Well, the thing is, is that actually we had this conversation just the other day. Um, oh yeah, here's here's the roadie tuner right here. If you, oh, I'm not used to the. Uh, oh yeah, huh. I remember you bringing that thing out. Yeah, so it's, it's what an age cool. we live in. Yeah. Um, yeah, the yeah ones, they, they the used to be. look like they might, they look like they might be a vape or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. You can vape them as well. <laughs> it's, it's a two in one. It's a two in one. Yeah. 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 Um, lake headers. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I've heard that long ago because at one point when Port Arthur merged with Fort William, the discussion was what was the name of the city going to be? And I think there was the, the lake head and then became Thunder Bay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm, we should turn this into the driest Canadian yeah. geographical <laughs> exactly. history show 
on CBC on a Sunday, like when you're watching like cartoons, and then what the hell is this? Like, That's right. <laughs> Not however, however, yesterday point. being a civic holiday in Manitoba, Terry Fox Day. That's also, right. Also, uh, right. Thunder Bay mm -hmm. popular. This is where Terry Fox entered his run. So that's, right. uh, that's also uh, another uh, little fact. So yeah, I've been, been away for a while. You guys uh, know Corey today. Corey's off. We're just kind of rotating uh, chairs here. So um, exactly. Yeah. There's busy. too many of us anyway. So I'm kind of, but uh, yeah, what's been new, what's happening. Um, sorry. Well, let's talk about busy the next couple of weeks, what we got going on. Oh so, yeah. We uh, just dropped the teaser for the new video today. I don't know if everybody has had a look at that, but it's uh, it plays about 10 seconds or 30 seconds. How, we how could, we could show it right now if we want. Go that way, anybody who's uh, so here, we'll, we'll put this. So on set it up, Todd. This is our new single. It's coming out next week. And yeah, we recorded ahead. it in the, the deserts of California. But there wasn't right really. by Shane's house, actually. Not far from Shane's house, really. <laughs> <laughs> what part of town was that? What do they call that? It was out yeah, by Spawn. Chatsworth. It, was, it wasn't Chatsworth. far from Spawn Ranch. Remember that? No, Spawn actually. Ranch. Like yeah. down the street, Literally. really. Yeah. Literally down the street. Charles Manson's hang. It was just down the street from there. So it looks nice. like this. And the song right, here is we go. called. <laughs> song is called. To you. There you go. That Catchy. Tuesday, August 10th. That is a teaser. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. That is what they call so, a teaser. Yeah. That is edited nice work. as well by Dave Swicky, same guy who did Never Enough oh. for You. Shot largely by Corey Churko with, with Shane Gallus, really. I, yeah, we, I we really did all the filming with uh, one of Shane's friends and, and ourselves. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we, we're lean and mean, yeah. man. We can, we can kind of work. Yeah, we're directing videos now. So, mm -hmm. you know, send in your your music we do it for it's it's too bad we didn't get some b-roll on how we shot todd in that one scene <laughs> yeah. it was, was literally where I'm, where I'm walking and singing and those guys are like in like fitz's truck backing up like <laughs> holding like staring like, over a cliff of like you know a gazillion yeah exactly he's holding it holding been dangerous. camera and driving okay a little more to the left no 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 left 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 <laughs> you're singing Self-contained unit, some nice lady. I'm sorry. And you know, when we filmed the outdoor band sequence, basically Todd and I did a six-hour drive because there was a lot of traffic. It was some holiday or something. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. It was and, it was and we rolled eight-hour drive. It sucked. Yeah, we rolled early in the morning and drove all up, you know, times. morning and afternoon. Ran into LA. We were we were pressed for time for you know the uh, the sun staying uh available right. yeah we, we, we just right into it didn't we we just jumped into our our two costumes basically and grabbed our guitars and went and bucked our gear and moved our shit out to uh <laughs> the Dude. mountainside and, and, and I, I wrecked my back like a couple of days before so i was like hobbling around the base truck oh, trying oh, to get it up oh, on that hill oh, oh yeah, i know stories. you always kind of forget like these wacky ideas of like let's shoot it out there and then you're like we have to take all of our stuff out there that's a whole thing <laughs> It was fine. Well, you, you had a we'll blame Corey. What, what, he's not here. people we'll catering and all the whole. whole yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hair, makeup, catering. Yeah. It was fine. It was great. Yeah. The helicopter dropped us in. It was awesome. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> well, that's the B-roll. That we yeah, we're looking to forward to. Uh, it'll be out next Tuesday, right, guys? So we'll have uh, the video Tuesday. on. Uh, we're, are we going to do that on Tuke Talk? Is that, does that so. sound? What, yeah, we're just going to put it on loop for an hour. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. With special <laughs> guest uh, Gordon Lightfoot, and then it doesn't do anything; just plays the. <laughs> Maybe uh, should we have Dave Swasicki join us for a little? He can he can chime yeah, in with us as the, as the director. Why don't we just make that the show? We can just be the the band, the video. Just sure. throwing that. Just putting the loop loop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll play the video, and and then all the rest of the the music will be on spotify and all the other stuff uh yeah on the same the same day eight track eight track hey guys well uh yeah we'll lots to catch up comments. on about uh we've got a special guest with us today so we should we uh, bring him on and uh, see what we I'm got very going. excited to have uh dave on today dave's been back in uh back with some 41 for a long time he left for a minute there and did the brown brigade and a bunch of other stuff that was really awesome too but um you know some 41 is one of those bands like a lot of bands where the Canadian music industry was so interesting at the time, and I, I think you guys can attest to this, where you could be Canadian band, be a Canadian band, and have a whole career in Canada. But then all of a sudden, we watched all these other bands come up and explode into international success. Mm -hmm. And Sum 41 was one of the ones I just went, damn, these guys are blowing up. And they just mm -hmm. exploded into a whole new world. And a lovely bunch of guys. You know, Derek's, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it, but Derek's out here now in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Sebastian Bach is here. Steven, Steve Stevens is here. There's a whole yeah. lot of uh, rock and roll. A lot of Kiss here. band members are all uh, new Las Vegas too. In Las Vegas, yeah, it's quite a crazy time. So are but you gonna it. do? Are you gonna do like the uh, the Kramer tour of Vegas? Drive everybody around and show <laughs> yeah, all the houses? Exactly. <laughs> My rented school bus driving around. <laughs> That's Gene's house. <laughs> <laughs> Up on your left. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, probably, probably yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you know <laughs> Todd Kearns' Vegas tour. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, please make some noise for Dave Brown Sound back. <laughs> all right. Hey, hey, hey. There he is. Hi, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, the new single sounds pretty good. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, we. Man. Oh, we didn't have your 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 sound on it though. See, we one of these days we have to collab. Is that what kids do these days? They collab. I don't know. Uh, dude, these days the sound is literally just like an Uber, and I think it was a four fourteen. <laughs> it's a profiler, so yeah, it's, it's not that interesting. Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with that, man. I, I imagine it's all profiled from the sound, the original. Right? Sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start this exactly. off real nerdy. Anybody that. <laughs> Hates gear talk is now they've left. Just the go, just leave now. Yeah, yeah. You're in trouble, yeah. <laughs> it's funny though because in in looking at a bunch of your stuff, I was actually reminded how metal you you kind of came up as more of a of a metal guitar player. And every once in a while, those moments will present themselves. Uh, especially lately, in, in more recent years, you kind of kind of go there more than just the straight you know old school punk rock kind of thing. So what was the stuff that you found? Like, who were the guys that grabbed you as a kid? Well, I mean, it, it all kind of started with my first time ever plucking a guitar. And it would be, if I take you back to my cousin's basement, it was literal like any like late 80s basement you could think of. <laughs> uh, yeah. Except the story takes place in the 90s. It just hadn't been renovated. Right? <laughs> it's, it's like old stinky couch, Nintendo. We're playing uh, Battletoads. And I got frustrated. I went to go sit on the couch and my cousin was in a band called, uh, I believe they were called Nemesis at the time. Perfect. That's a great like high school band name for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and all yeah. like my, my cousin was a drummer, but this particular cousin was a bass player. And, okay. uh, 
they were brothers. They played in a band together, and and I just kind of went and picked up one of the guitars, started playing. But uh, when I picked it up, it was uh, it was like flat like this, right? So I just pl plunked it on my lap like Jeff Healy would, right? And then just started or Ben Harper or something, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, and just yeah. started kind of like playing, you know, and just sounding terrible. So how old were you? Game. I was 14, thir 13, 13 okay. at the time. And hmm. he uh, came over, grabbed the guitar, set it up right, opened up a tab book, and taught me how to read tab. And cool. The, and it, the first riff that was in the tab book, it was some sort of, it was guitar, I don't, can't remember, one of the iterations of Guitar Magazine. And it just had the opening riff for Cotton Amash there. Oh, really? Wow. Like, <laughs> nice and easy. The opening riff, just one string, one finger, and yep. yeah, and, and then that was the, the foray into heavy metal. But that led to things like, like, I'm a massive, massive fan of funk music. Like, yeah. you know, just, like, I, I think metal was kind of a, was the gateway for me into, sure. into really getting into music. Yeah. For guitar players that, I mean, even now you see it with the guitar companies like BC Rich or Dean, their guitars are all super metal looking because people who yeah. buy guitars generally are kids who are attracted to guitar music, which tends to lean metal. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. it's understandable. Yeah. That's great. I, also reggae too. You've also got a reggae uh, uh, in your, in your, uh, in your bag of tricks too, which I think is really, really fascinating. Yeah, I mean that that all started. I mean, just basically because of my parents and the the Caribbean influence, right? So um, we had two cousins that were DJs and would come back from Guyana with like uh, what we didn't realize that at the time were like just like extremely bootlegged records, right? So like basically <laughs> right. in Guyana, like the 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 owner of the music shop would just buy one CD. <laughs> and then like, a, and then he'd go to whatever the Guyanese equivalent of Costco was and buy a bunch of <laughs> 120 max cells and just dupe and dupe and dupe. And we would buy these for like five bucks being like, yeah, man, it's like way cheaper. You don't get artwork and stuff, but like, yeah. And we didn't realize the shit was totally illegal. But the, uh, but that was kind of the, uh, our, our kind of entry into, uh, Guyanese music or sorry, Caribbean music was, mm -hmm. uh, we really went into a style that's now known as uh as what well, was originally known as rubber dub and that was kind of like uh the era where there's a producer named john joe laws and uh, a group called the roots radix who mm. backed up guys like yellow man you know um admiral bailey general saint stuff like that and just great great uh toasting reggae artists who also led to the invention of hip-hop so yeah. then we kind of went through that vein and and it, it just yeah it, it's crazy when i think where these tapes took us as far as music i just want to give everybody a heads up merv fitz is in watching now so uh <laughs> my 82 year old dad brent's 82 year old dad yeah so he'll he's... tell me later he'll i guarantee i will have a conversation with my father he'll go you know i didn't know dave was from the caribbean his family was from the caribbean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i will literally have a conversation about you dave with my father later which it's is like a rap we why we're not filming that wrap-up show i don't know why that's probably the, that'll be the real one listen that's i'm not great. claiming caribbean i was i am like i would go to guyana and they would rob the shit out of me because i'm so canadian 
<laughs> yeah. And I'd, yeah. And I'd apologize after. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry you guys had to rob me. I'm sorry I didn't have more to steal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't bring more for you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It is it is awesome though that you had that influence because that you're you know pre YouTube as well. You know, you're old yeah. enough. Yeah. And you know, I know from, you know, a lot of, now I'm going to speak for myself growing up in the prairie, like in Innisfail, Alberta, I didn't, we, I didn't have access to world music. It was like just whatever, you know, was sort of the mainstream, you know, Kiss, yeah. you know, Sabbath, Zeppelin, ACDC, et cetera. But Curry, Roger Whitaker, those are the real ones. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. All the country stuff. But yeah. it wasn't until later, you know, that I heard you know different styles of music and i had to seek it out because you didn't just get bombarded with all this stuff like, like now you can search for anything all of a sudden you'll get it for the next you know week every day every time you turn on youtube but that's no. pretty cool were you sort of now incorporating sort of like the metal riffs and learning the reggae style like rhythms and things on the guitar at the time Without realizing it, because I would just go over to my cousin's house. It was on the way home from school, and his mom, uh, you know, my Auntie Shakura, for any of those trivia heads out there. Auntie Shakura. When you're sitting in the bar and that question comes up. Uh, <laughs> I got to say, Auntie Shakura is a pretty amazing yeah. band name right there. Oh, Auntie dude, Shakura. She, dude, she's amazing. And I she bet. took care of, like, basically all of us. And uh, so they would have their DJ set up downstairs. I'd bring over my little 10-watt Marshall. And we just jam like they play cool. records and I jam along to them. And so That's and a lot cool, of those man. records came with with instrumentals. So you could just kind of go over and I could play my uh, my solos that you'd play when you're a year old in guitar. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm glad they're not recorded. <laughs> yeah. Another good thing about being pre YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of us. Thank, thank God. Yeah, right. right. Is the. Yeah. Um, so how long is it before you put together bands with your friends in high school and, and make that racket? Oh, it was, it was really, really soon. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, my cousin was basically part of essentially the, the metal community in Ajax and it stemmed out to Pickering, oh, wow. Whitby, Oshawa. And, uh, there was just so many musicians around back then. And, I bet. uh, and of course when guitar players are a dime a dozen, doesn't matter what part of the world you're in. There's guitar players everywhere. Totally. And, uh, so I just said to my cousin, like, oh, I'm thinking of maybe, maybe starting a band. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's get in a band together. So then we found a drummer in Pickering. And then we found this singer from Oshawa. And, uh, dude, he was a wild, wild human being. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we wrote, we, our, our name was Embodiment. We had hits like uh, Sono Anticristo. <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> Hits, I love it. Uh, one was just called Cold. Love just it. Cold. Yeah, it was about uh, dying in winter or whatever. But uh, we were all sixteen. Relevant. Yeah, we were all sixteen, <laughs> like fifteen years old. I was I was fifteen at the time when I joined the band. So uh, to answer your question, two years before I went on this long tangent. But then uh, still, we met this guy named Sean Stoneman, and. He never had a shirt on. He had like a half a Danzig skull tattooed on his stomach. <laughs> and he would he would do things like hang from rafters, like just go wild, spit beer into firemen's faces, and then fight them on the lawn while we're trying to play a gig. And yeah. Oh, wow. Dude. Yeah. Do you assume that he's either 
He's either a star or he's in jail now, one way or the other. <laughs> okay. two, two times, two times I came across him, right? The yeah. last time I came across him, he, he was at the, uh, re- there was a rehearsal space in Oshawa that everybody has a kind of like a, sp- a space at. And I, I share a space with a band called Black Hat Attack out there. And he, cool. um, he's like, hey, man, what's up? I'm like, hey, how are you doing? He's like, oh, man, I'm, you know, I, I joined the military. I became a cook. So he became a military, like a military man, like regimented. Wow. Now the time the time before that, I was in Bolton <laughs> at the Bolton Fair, and uh, he came up to me, and he's just eating cotton candy, <laughs> as you do. And he's just eating cotton candy. He's like, "What's up, man?" I'm like, "Oh shit, Sean, what's up, dude? How you doing?" He's like, eating cotton candy, takes a tough bite, and he's just like, "What's with all that fucking punk shit, man?" <laughs> why are you playing that pussy ass music and uh, it, it just it, it hurt so bad because i looked up to him so much but oh, then man. i thought back to the times that he punched firefighters and other first responders <laughs> in the face and i was like ah, maybe it's not so bad maybe his opinion isn't all that relevant yeah but he also had a he also had a Misfits tattoo or something, so you think that oh, the dude, punk rock... The dancing, yeah. the dancing skull was on point. Dancing, like, yeah, 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 it was yeah. It was half done, but it was... Yeah. It was, <laughs> was going to be Well, then awesome. you think he'd understand the punk rock, but go ahead, Shane. Yeah. What are you gonna <laughs> right? no, I was yeah. going to say, perfect segue into... I read that you got kicked out of high school. Oh, who, who said this? Well, we have the, our people that give us information. Oh, damn! No, it no, may no. not be it may not be correct information, but it's information. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that would be a cool story, but literally, I just didn't show up. Uh, we, oh, heard, okay. Yeah, like uh, our manager at the time had booked a tour with us for us with uh, a band called Bionic. I don't know if you guys remember Bionic. I do. I do. Jonathan yeah. Jonathan Cummins band. Yeah. So yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, we were playing with uh, Bodega as well okay and, i remember that name too yeah so we we had a, a tour booked it was like maybe 10 12 days and i was like i can't go back to school no or <laughs> so you were like this is, this is, yeah dude, i was i was when we went on that tour i was 17 going on 18 mm. but um i kind of also had a mindset uh that was kind of instilled with me uh, through a coach who was just kind of like, Hey man, listen, either you take this rugby thing seriously or you play guitar. And I'm like, like get shoes scraped down my leg, my <laughs> face dumped or go play guitar or fix guitars." So I just decided at that point, I was either going to fix guitars or play guitars for the rest of my life. And then, yeah, it, everything just kind of took off with, with the ladder, even though I expected to be fixing guitars for the rest of my life. That's. Wow. I think you made the correct choice either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, picture me just, <laughs> you know, the Canadian Olympic rugby champion. <laughs> you know, we could be cheering you on right now during the Olympics. Yeah, and yeah. the Brown Sound nickname that w- there would have been for something completely different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my man got hit so hard that he. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is there an actual definition of the brown sound other than, I mean, did you actually specifically, are you, are you like the, the, the gear nerd that's sitting there getting your tone absolutely correct? And then they said, now that's the brown sound, or is that just kind of the nickname that kind of, 
no, was attached it was, to you? It was, uh, we were playing around with a bunch of nicknames in, uh, in, uh, during the recording of Half Hour Power, actually. And right. we had an engineer named Blair Kalibaba. Great dude. I remember him. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Engineered some great records. Uh, How Far Shallow Takes You by Gob. Really, right. really good job on that. And totally. uh, yeah, he was just, he was doing all these things. And I was like, man, just, just plug me in. I, all I want is like a tuner into the amp. And then just that, like. Straight up. Just make it sound chunky. And the way I was describing, he's like, you want the brown sound. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh. What is that? And he explained it to me, and I was like, Eddie Van Halen, of course. I'm yeah, board. exactly. Yeah, yeah the, EVA, <clears throat> the EVH yeah. tone they referred to as the brown zone, as in being this warm, rich, perfect, plexi Marshall kind of yep. tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I can only imagine Eddie Van Halen being like, oh, this kid's name is Brown Sound? And then hearing me and then being super disappointed. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, damn. No. Damn, no, damn, no. damn. From all accounts, Ed was a very open-minded guy when it came to music. He was kind of like, I think he kind of had heard every, you know, shreddy kind of character yeah. that I think he kind of like, you know, he kind of appreciated when guys did something a little different. There's a question on here I want to get to, and I don't know how to put them up, but John Nichols wants to know if there'll ever be an Organ Thieves reunion again. Yeah, August 18th on... Uh, oh, at, damn, that's yeah, happening that quickly. Uh, Burley Calling. We're literally working out rehearsal times now. No, there you go, John. There yeah, you go. There you go. Yeah, and I was like, I was just actually going to pull weeks. up another question too, but I, you got me there. Um, here, I guess we'll uh, we'll stick to. Uh, See, the Darren's days. the grown-up in this situation. I don't know. How. Why did you guys change the name from Casper to some forty-one? Hey, Catherine, I know Catherine. She's a good Catherine. Oh, Catherine Payment. Uh, mm -hmm. That was pre me. So uh, Casper, uh, they were in direct competition with my band, Seven Forty Seven. Ah. And uh, Casper ended up uh, writing a song and rehearsing it downstairs. And, uh, you know, we were so young that uh, that Steve's mom did not like the lyrics, did not agree with it, shut all the amps down, called everybody upstairs and was just like, is that song named Jizz? <laughs> so they had to disband and and rename not because of copyright not because of copyright but yeah <laughs> that's possibly one of the best stories i've ever heard <laughs> hey, we were oh talking about God. eddie van halen and when we had keith scott amazing guitar player, Canadian, from, from Ryan, Adams. Ryan Adams' band. Yeah. He did comment that Eddie Van Halen had expressed how much of a fan he was of of Keith Scott. So yeah. clearly he likes good guitar players that play the right notes and have good tone. And, and that's you anyway, Dave. So there you go. Ah, ah, we'll see. Well, I mean, I, it would have been nice to meet him to find out. but I know. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a heartbreaker. Um. That was a good question. I'm glad she asked that. Thank you, Catherine. That really opened some doors for me. <laughs> so how, how does that happen then? So how does 747 and and um, Casper clash into becoming some 41? I know this is tired old conversation for you, but I think it's really important for people to hear how oh, this yeah. can happen, especially when you're young and you're just kids. It just kind of... I love those days, man. I yeah. love talking about them because yeah. it was a time where I realized that uh, musicians more than anybody else, um, even people that were painting or 
you know, even just recording around us were, it felt like it was getting a little bit snobby. Whereas sure. all the musicians and all the skaters, we could hang out. You could just call out Age of Electric if you want. You could just say, yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> "No, you guys, you guys were actually one of the one of the few bands that was really nice to us." Well, yeah, we're Saskatchewan. Yeah, eh? yeah there you go. Yeah, AJ, eh? yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it just those those days. Um, we all helped each other with shows, so we were always playing together. So we knew each other. Derek and I met on the first day of high school. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, got got kicked out of class together. Not that we were badasses. We were just literally talking about music that we liked and we annoyed the teacher and uh they called me and they were like hey man you got to come and play in some 41 our our guitar player john is leaving and we'd love to you know like you'd be a great fit and i was kind of like no bro i'm on this this heavy metal thing man we're gonna be the next 747 man it's gonna be amazing (laughs) <laughs> we, we sound we sounded like everything rage against the machine cut off of their first record <laughs> like the it, it was just so rage against the machiney that nobody would have ever ever done anything with us but right. i was convinced i was just kind of like yeah man uh, i don't i won't play in your band man like it just fuck you guys man and were they already kind of like a punk band at this point like they were kind of they, had they to figure were it out. they were yeah punk yeah. was like we were all kind of getting into punk rock discovering sure. uh no effects heavy petting zoo stuff like that right totally yeah and then finally like the third or fourth time they asked i was like yeah 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 things uh yeah let's go and then i went and dude i just had a blast everybody was my friend Sure. So it was just like there was no bravado or shittiness in the rehearsal room. It was just mm-hmm. a full, and we've never really lost that feeling, even as mm-hmm. members come and go. It's just always felt like uh, like a bunch of friends getting together and and playing music. Totally. Yeah. No. I mean, if that's like, that's what I when I comment on that, it just seemed like some forty one just came screaming out of nowhere and sort of like you know the attachment. Attachments, the wrong word. I just want to say happy birthday, eighth birthday to uh, to Zoe. I'm turning yeah, into like yeah. a radio DJ. Hey, happy just keep birthday, in mind, man. make sure you eat farmer hot dogs. Anyway, Dave, we got Dave Brown sound on from some <laughs> <laughs> no, But um, uh, no, I just you know because I know Greg Nori. For those that don't know, Greg was in um, Trouble Charger and a wonderful, very talented guy. And his attachment to you guys, which you soon ecl- eclipsed everything that Trouble Charger had done, and. and in in a in a such an international such a, 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 a unavoidable way, just like boom, like some forty one was like, damn, these guys are no joke. They're throwing down, and and it was just so. It's all, it was always exciting to me to see in a country that where you could you know, we did sort of have this sort of trap of just going back and forth, and and we you know took as a band we cover uh, songs by bands who were huge in Canada, and and some of their you know some of them didn't really have that crossover kind of thing, because. Any country, whether it's Sweden or Finland or Australia, has stuff that is huge in its country that we're not familiar with. You know what I mean? But when I, whenever I'd see a guy, some ba- some guys like yourselves, able to kind of step out of that, it made us all kind of realize, wow, you can actually do this. You know, you can actually make that happen. How quickly does that happen? And what do you equate as the process of that reaching? Is it just the fact that clearly your guys' quality of music, but is it that punk rock thing was just like that moment was perfect, or how do you? How do you figure that all came together? I think with anybody 
if there's anybody out there that doesn't that's sitting in the position that we are as some 41 and doesn't believe in uh, at least a little bit of luck i think sure. you are absolutely insane so <laughs> i i think um i think we were very timely with what we were and but the thing is you can be on time but you also have to deliver when you're there totally so yep. and i think that a lot of the uh a lot of the great stuff I take away from our years with Greg Norrie, uh, the, the, the best stuff would be kind of like the knowledge of like every show has to be your last. Uh, you right. know, like uh, make sure that you're engaging people and just like the, the really uh, the, the good live show wisdom that still like rings true today. And um, and the kind of like the the songwriting uh, advice and stuff like that. Uh, that's a little bit more with, uh, with Derek, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it happened quickly, but, um, three, the three years that it took to build us into, uh, into like what we were, like the amount of touring that we did, the, sure. uh, the amount of groundwork that we had to lay. Um, most bands do that over like, six to seven years but we had to like push it into like three years mm -hmm. so there were like there were like years where we were out for like 320 days of course now i'm yeah. talking out i'm not talking like home in between like no out. yeah yeah and a lot of the a lot of regular people would not be able to handle that let's be honest i think that like, when you, you, it's not like you just kind of like we put the band together we gave it a name the next day we've all got mansions and we're driving around in limos it's like no there's a three year three years of hard really hard you know crashing in 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 if you are crashing in a hotel it's usually a bunch of guys together and that whole thing in a van and, yeah. and it eventually sort of graduates into a bus and all that kind of stuff but it's the kind of stuff that will make or break people and it's why a lot of bands sort of start with four guys or whatever and by the time they've actually made it it's like two of those guys are still yeah. there but you know a bunch of other guys went on to have a, a much easier life you know yeah yeah well i mean i think with without um, kind of like the the love and the hate, the the either or that that we experienced kind of coming up. I don't totally. think we would have we would have gathered that kind of thick skin to kind of right. and that us versus the world kind of attitude. Yeah, and it still rings true today with us. We, we still feel that that way. We're we're always unsure if we're going to be accepted uh, because of um, uh, an emotional intelligence that the band shares. But we also don't fucking care. <laughs> that's the important thing. I think that's yeah. important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The and you're young problem. enough and you guys were young enough that it wasn't like there was a mortgage and a, and a wife and kids at home <laughs> to, to deal with. Because that's yeah. that's when life gets a lot more. You, you see the difference from when you started doing this 20. How long has it been since some 41 formed? Oh, God, man. Uh, it'll be 99 or something. It'd be no, it's 96. Damn. 96. Okay. So it's, yeah. So yeah, what was the, it was it was post jizz, so it was ninety six. <laughs> post jizz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I I'm not I'm not so familiar with the EP, but I had like the first four, you know, oh, Killer nice. and Infected and uh, Chuck and I think Underclass. Mm -hmm. I mean, those records front to back are just killer. Like Solid every song, records, yeah. Thank you. Really great. I used to actually warm up with. But th those are my like rotation to warm up before a show. And in, um, when I was doing bees, when he ago. was when he was a stripper at Chippendales, yeah. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I mean, they're just great <laughs> records. And I, you have to have great fucking records, I think. You know, uh, that absolutely, yeah. There was no stone left unturned. At the end of the day, if you're going to be a band as successful as yourself, you have to have great songs, you know, and kick ass live and do all the other stuff, like get along. Well, all and those that too. That was in the, you know, they kind of just on the cusp before videos kind of fell off. You guys had some great videos, True. very, you know, yeah, right. fun to watch. I mean, people that, you know, it was, I mean, I remember seeing them and, you know, they were just, you know, the Ronnie, Ronnie Dangerfield back. Oh, to yeah. School. Oh, yeah. dude. That I'm so glad best. you got it. I'm so glad you got it. A lot of people thought that was an original thing, and oh, we, like we were just like, no, man, no. Like, no, I'm much older than you guys, so. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Well. Yeah, that, that, I love that movie. Just oh, it's the best. Robert Downey Jr. Just yeah, um, yeah. I I actually saw it not that long ago, and, and this is this is the best experience about it. I sat there watching it when it was like probably about ten years ago now, but my daughter was young enough to kind of like well, she wouldn't know what the hell Rodney Dangerfield was. This is pre-Iron Man, so Rodney Dang- or uh, Robert Danger, and she just yeah. sat there. She said, "I don't know what was funnier, watching the movie or watching you watch the movie." Because I was just like <laughs> screaming, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that stuff is right up my alley. Like the dumber the movie, like like the more ridiculous the premise. Bring oh. it on. Let's let's do this. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think that is an inherent um, thing with musicians and i don't know if it's like the spinal <laughs> tap link or what yeah probably but like we mm-hmm. all have we all seem to have a wide sense of humor <laughs> yeah i think so yeah. well because there's a lot you could be you know like like you were talking about in the lifestyle there's plenty uh, if you focus too much on the cup being half empty kind of thing that could be like uh you know it's like the, the you're i'm exhausted the the backstage food sucks or whatever it is it's like there's a lot of things you can be negative about, and i'm sure we've all witnessed that guy on the tour he doesn't usually stick around that long but uh yeah but yeah no i think that a a good sense of humor really helps so yeah at what point are you guys like it it seems like in 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 retrospect looking back it feels like that first album i remember the ep kind of having that kind of like knocking the door down and then just the the album just going full bore through so is is it like immediately like not just like back and forth through canada you're immediately like we're we're like we're flying overseas. We're, we're, we're focusing on the States. We're uh, internationally just like really focusing and digging in to try and make a career for yourselves. Well, with the EP, we recorded the EP and then immediately we had enough songs to record the record. So we just kind of like split the two up, um, put the earlier stuff on the EP and the newer stuff they were writing and the better stuff on the record. Right. So, um, we just went straight through from ep touring all the way to the release i believe we were in rhode island in 2001 and we signed that first day and then that was the spring and by the time we reached uh randall's island in uh new york for the warp tour right uh, the single Mm. had been in rotation and we stepped out on stage and we had tons of bands that we grew up listening to like just kind of like flanking the stage looked out into the crowd and um it was it was an average crowd but then as we played it just gathered and gathered and and it was just there was so many people that by the end there was a pit going around the park that was so big and we were on the side stage by the way we weren't we weren't main stage or anything like that so they were circle pitting around the merch booths (laughs) <laughs> so you just had like people holding onto their merch tables, like, oh, 
Damn these Damn some forty one kids. <laughs> but yeah, and, and that that was kind of the uh, the point. So I mean, honestly, it was it was those kind of like three two to three years. Yeah, that we just had our heads down, and then you know <laughs> there were some people that had no idea we were doing all this, and then yeah, and then you know the warp tour. The warp tour is a whole other thing that that we probably should mention how how important that is for that entire scene. Like so many bands sort of had that sort of like a very I mean it, it's actually a little pretty wide. Like it's not just like the same sounding punk bands all day long. You get all kinds of different kinds of groups. My Chemical Romance and a bunch of groups like that would kind of filter through that world as well. Yeah. And uh but having that avenue of like such a focused audience when you guys go and you know, get presented in that world. It, I, I, I don't know because I, I never really was a part of that Vans Warp tour. I've been a couple of times, but I was never a part of it musically. But it was such a great avenue and a great uh, showcase for for guys like yourselves to just go out there and be a part of that that scene. Yeah, I mean, not only that, it was a great learning experience from just like the the gods of punk rock. You know, the the Pennywise's, 100%. the uh, the No Effect, Bad Religion, and all Bad those guys. Bad Religion, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. every single one of those bands uh, mm-hmm. took the time to go check out new bands and it kind of taught me to be that way as well so i remember we were walking by and there were people uh yelling like sound 41 sound 41 i was walking with fletcher beside me and i just i clammed up i was so uh like so thrown off i just didn't understand i i just never had been in that position before in my life yeah, no one gives you the kind of famous lessons, do they? Yeah. Like, here's what you and, do. <laughs> yeah, dude. And Fletcher just grabbed my head, turned me towards him, <laughs> and just really gave me a push towards him. Was just like, go meet those people. They're the yeah. ones taking care of you. And 100%. then, yeah. And so, like, little lessons like that, you know, were just awesome. And, you know, it, it stuff like that sticks with you forever. And, and uh, it, it really shaped me as a musician and how I accept, how I accept musicians around me. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think having guys like Nori and Fletcher and different guys like that, being able to kind of point out these things. And I, like you say, still calling upon them all these years later. I think that's really important that everybody has that kind of, uh, I'm hoping that I've passed on some kind of advice to somebody that they consider positive. <laughs> Can't imagine. I try to pass on advice, but I talk so long that people just, they, they want to they, they sweep through the punchline. Uh, <laughs> so then how many years a- until your hiatus like oh man so that would have been two, yeah it was it was around 2005 2006 okay that so I, yeah that i left yeah we had just got yeah, back like, to congo okay yeah and you guys had a ton, like so much touring was it just was it just you wanted to take a break or you were just, can we go down that rabbit hole or was it? I, there was a few things. I was confused as to what direction we were heading because we were shooting pilots for MTV. Um, there was more emphasis on, uh, I remember there was one point where the band was like, we got to play the Nickelodeon awards. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? The Nickelodeon Awards. Wow. Like, why Why are we playing the Nickelodeon Awards? And I remember I was so arrogant that I was like, if we play the Nickelodeon Awards, I'm leaving the fucking band. Wow. And 
we didn't end up playing. I don't think it was down to my threat. I think they would have, like, we, we were talking about Devin before. They would have just been like, hey, Devin, just play this <laughs> yeah. show with us. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, it, it just got to this point where it was like it became more about um, who we were hanging out with. And I kind of felt lost in the fray because I just didn't have that mindset. Right. And then uh, I was actually talking to my fiance today about. Um, we, we, we sat down to a meal in, uh, we did like a Sum 41 retreat after all of this. And uh, it was uh, February of 2005 or 2006. I can't remember. But um, that was kind of the trip where I decided like, okay, I need, I need to take a break because, you know, I've kind of lost my footing. Things are going weird with my family at home. Mm. My, uh, my spouse at the time uh, and I were growing apart. So I was just kind of like, I need to get some breathing space. And I don't really happen to agree with the direction that the band is going in right now. And I got to be honest, looking back, I should have stuck it out because they did, they made two great records. Right. And, um, you know, although I, I got to experience some great stuff, like uh, being a band with my cousin, which was amazing. Yeah. We got to mm -hmm. do some touring and, and then, uh, you know, being in, in bands where I've made, you know, friends that I'll, I'll keep to this day. Mm -hmm. um, just missing out on those years with, you know, kind of like the guys that I met in high school and, you know, almost there's, there's a regret there in the sense of like, I feel like I let them down for that, that time of their lives. You know what I mean? Right. Where I was yeah. just kind of like, guys, I can't handle this. I, I got to go. So, yeah, I, I just. So just to interject out. there, too, where you, when you say, you know, the band is going one way, you guys growing up and you being such a young band at the time, do you feel that there was pressure from the record company or was that just you guys as a band kind of saying, you know, trying to go in, in different directions? Well, I mean, pressure from the record company is never ending. Never, never ending. As soon right. as like, as soon as your 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 first single is out, an hour after they're like, okay, we got to build on the next single, right? So, yes. uh, the label went through a massive change. So the president left, and a guy named uh, L.A. Reed came in. Sure. So you know yeah. L.A. Reed from yeah. like whether or not he stole his style of production. You know, right. yeah. I, I can't, I can't say, but, yeah. uh, he was just kind of like, yeah, uh, some 41 just isn't really a good fit for this label. So <clears> I mean, we'll really, honor, yeah, we'll yeah. honor your contract, but, uh, you guys got to come with something a little more R and B really, it was, it was, it was interesting. A, it was a meeting that was kind of like, there was never a, uh, a verbal kind of mention of you guys need to become more poppy. You need to do this in order to stay here. It was just always implemented. And before, when we went into the label, you know, we could say hi to everybody, stop in before we go see the, the, um, before we would go sit down with Lior and, and Julie and talk strategy for the record. But, once uh once la reed took over all that kind of disappeared and it, it was just kind of like a a real bummer atmosphere mm -hmm. even though you're thankful 
that you're in New York City and you're, you know, you're in the Universal Music Building, you still sure. have this inherent, I still had this inherent feeling of like terror as far as our career because of uh, who well, was handling us. Well, it's, it's actually a really important thing to point out because pe people don't really realize how prevalent that kind of thing is. Mm -hmm. in, in, when you get into this business, it's kind of like, it, there's nothing more annoying than you guys, what you guys do some 41's flavor is very successful. It always works. What you're doing is great, but we want you to change it for some arbitrary reason. You know, it's just like, but, but what we do is we've built this audience, you know, yeah. and it almost becomes a conversation of looking at like the other warps, warp tour of bands like bad religion or whoever, who've been around for a thousand years and get to do whatever the hell they want because they've built their audience. They go out every year. They do X amount of dates. There's something that happens when you guys get up into that next level where and and Derek's personal life and everything becomes kind of like yeah it's like literally reality shows and MTV this and blah 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 it's a whole other thing that's not even about music and I think that I I can understand your frustration and and probably just disappointment in 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 the fact that can't we just be a band and play music and write songs and put it out no you can't because it's this now yeah <laughs> because yeah. LA reads here now yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and I mean yeah. the uh the just the it yeah it just kind of seemed like the balance between um celebrity and music just kind of tipped yeah. a little bit more towards like we're gonna be selling celebrities here now so mm. off you go yeah. yeah yeah well I mean that's I mean unfortunately the music business or entertainment or showbiz whatever you want to call it has kind of always leaned that way anyway. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it would, but I, I understand your sort of, you know, it, it takes a lot of balls to say this thing that's really successful that I make X amount of dollars per year and, and, and really kind of, you know, has taken care of me all these years. I'm going to walk away from this. I think it says a lot about your character that you were kind of like, yeah. you know what, I'm going to, as much as it's, I'm sure it's regretful <laughs> just because it's a, it's a, it's a giant change. But the fact that it's come full circle for you clearly is the best case scenario. Yeah, there's there's regret for sure, but if I went back, would I would I do anything different? I don't think I would. Right. If I had if I could go back and still have the knowledge that I have today, meeting guys like Chuck from the Organ Thieves and and you know all yeah. the rest of the dudes in the Organ Thieves, you know, the, the everybody in Black Hat Attack, all totally. the experiences we had with Brown Brigade, I, I all that stuff is all part of of uh, who I am now. And, you know, honestly, getting kicked in the in the knees by the Canadian industry three times in a row, it builds character, man. Like, mm. yeah, it, I makes, love that. it makes you really appreciate what it's, what uh, goes well, on. Character, like Todd, Todd yeah. you said, too. I mean, there's there's hundreds of bands that never even saw the other side of the border and yeah. they spent their whole careers yeah. up here, you know, or well, it, border, you it's know? also very, it, you know, it becomes what's comfortable, especially if you become successful in an area, it becomes harder for them to say, now go to the UK and, you know, you're yeah. playing very comfortable things in Canada or whatever. Now go to the UK and start from scratch to an audience that yeah. doesn't care. Um, you're going to play, you know, a 300 seater and, really have to sell it and that 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 really takes a lot of uh, of deep digging but i think it's important i think like you say with brown brigade and 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 the rest it's like it's important and it's i guess character building is is the word for it but it's such an interesting change in the times because when you when you left there was such a shift away from the actual sale of hard copy music yeah. <clears throat> became more and more of a change you know and i don't know how that works at the level of a sum 41 but um 
I mean, because especially the fact that you guys have established yourself as an existing act that where the live shows are where the money is going to be and where the the sustaining factor is going to be, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, we rode that last that last kind of wave of the industry. We rode that right into the shore and crashed <laughs> yeah. everybody else. So, like, uh, we uh, we ended up uh, selling a, a ton of records on All Killer No Filler. Right. Yeah. Um, Does this look infected? We were half, and we were just really? like, well, what's happening? Like, there's more people at the shows, but right. we're sitting at about half record sales. What's going on? And if your um, buddy at the record store burning them all and selling them off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Guyana. Yeah. The Guyana dude selling your CDs on Memorex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, essentially, you are right, though. That's exactly what like, it was. The, yeah. The modern tape trade uh, became mm -hmm. Napster. And mm -hmm. um, we found out, uh, like, later on, once you could track that sort of thing. And yes, you are being tracked, all of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> um, we all know that, yeah. The uh, uh, the amount of downloads would have given us a double platinum record. Of course, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was, it but was but does the record crazy. company come to you and look at you like, well, you're selling half the amount of records, so now suddenly they got they got you over a barrel for a bunch of things, and you're like, but everybody's selling the ha same, you know, half the records they were selling last time yeah. around because that's the nature of the of the way this is going yeah absolutely absolutely it brought a brought a new meaning to the sophomore slump you know what i mean like everybody was in this slump and nobody mm -hmm. could figure out why mm -hmm. so once the record companies kind of realized that things had to change and there had to be a way to uh to make money off of this this downloading thing um i think it just set the entire industry into a spin right I think it's recovering now because of the business plan that that people are kind of implementing now, and and uh, you know, albums work, singles work. It's just good music works now. So I appreciate it for that, but um, it screwed a lot of people out of work at these record mm. companies. Like it, it really, really hit hard on on some people that we really cared about. Of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, the the music industry and showbiz in general is not very forgiving with this kind of stuff. Even last night, just on a YouTube thing, I'm just kind of like going down like just a thing of you know when you if it wasn't downloading, it was an actual shift in music from say the 80s into the 90s. A lot of acts that were like arena level acts when there was still records being sold, still money to be made. Those people's careers got crushed by a complete shift in in sensibilities and style and music and everything kind of. And then the next shift was downloading and just mm. that. And now you've got 78-year-old Rolling Stones on the road because that's how they make their living. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's probably going to be us, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It has to. I mean, I, I don't really plan on on us. I know you don't either. Like, I, like we're all going to be out there as long as we can be, as long of course, as, as yeah. the people have yeah. us, right? Like, of course, yeah. Yeah, it's the, it's, that part is kind of cool that you have to have your live show on point you have to have good music so all all of kind of like the the uh you know the the rockers that kind of survived our era it's like we're here we have a show we're ready to entertain and and we can write a song so there's there's sustainability for us but i feel so bad for 
new artists that are literally throwing a pebble into a pond of 60,000 other songs every single yeah. day. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and, that's a fascinating that's a fascinating conversation. I, I, I've talked about this with these guys before. It's like when we would do a slash run and it'd be like, this band opening for us is signed to whatever, whatever label. And I, and I I'm, yeah. would just say to myself, what does that even mean by today's standards? What is that? Like yeah. back in the day, well, say, say that all of us decided we're putting a band together. We're going to start playing down around town and building an audience. Then the record company comes along. We sign the deal. We make the record. Then you're kind of up to the eye of the beholder what happens if that record even has a chance. Yeah. By, the, by the old model I'm talking about. Today, I don't know how you do this. <laughs> it's like, I, guess, I guess the internet and all that sort of has presented all kinds of opportunities. But it's, it's not as sort of like the a, uh, 2 plus 2 equals 4 conversation of like put a band together, build an audience, get signed, make a record. Now it's sort of like... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully you can get a lot of followers on your Instagram and TikTok. Well, it seems and, that way between yeah. the reality TV shows, the you know yeah. the singing competitions, and the YouTube sensations. It's almost as if they're just cherry picking them based on you know self success. You know stories. Sure. I mean, it's just, yeah. Well, I mean, well, like I, we did talk earlier about making our own music video, and it's kind of yeah. like, well, we just get proactive because yeah. the support has to just come from the band first and foremost. And if there's not a label or somebody paying for it, well, then it's just, it's a different music. DIY. And, yeah. Yeah. And we're doing it too. We're guys who are, we've been around a long time and we're still navigating and. Well, not that long. Just kidding. <laughs> no, it's been a couple of years. <laughs> I've known Todd at least, uh, I don't know, a couple months. 30 but, years. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I mean, that's the, the, the joy is like, okay, well, we're, we still choose to be in this business and the way we will make it work is to adapt and be chameleons yeah. and exactly the model yeah. is it's the wild west it's fucking wild west it really yeah. is it I, really I, is yeah I, that's one of the things that kind of that's really awesome because now um as opposed to having these conversations and my first conversation where they were like you got to sound like this was with a guy at sony and we were sitting there and he was like you guys got to sound a lot more like our lady peace oh boy there's a band that's succeeding and sure. all we could do was stare at the piece of cookie on his shirt <laughs> the grease spot that just kept on growing and growing and growing but it's just it's, <laughs> that's because, great because of the creative freedom artists are allowed now like mm -hmm. look at what we've gotten over the past you know five six ten, like ten god i would even 15 years absolutely we've gotten some really really cool variety you know and and i mean i was just listening to uh uh an mc named Earl Wetcher just the other day. Okay. You guys know this guy? I've heard the name, yeah. Dude, it, like I have I have kids, so I There you go. Okay, I, yeah. I'm really hip, I'm really hip. So, yeah, <laughs> he, he's part of the whole like uh kind of like the odd future crew, Tyler the Creator, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And that's that's their jam, my kids' jam, yeah. Dude, he's a great poet and he um his his imagery and the way that his music sounds, incredible, man. Really like samples that are slowed down to the point of like just big boomy roomy sounds and it it's awesome and it, it's 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 just new it's fresh and it, it sounds great and i think without the freedom that people are allowed yep i, I don't think it would exist because you know mm, I, I agree mean, when we grew up hip-hop i mean that what everybody calls the golden age a lot of it was just boom bat based 100%. Yeah, man. 
so let's talk, talk about, about oh sorry i was just gonna go just gonna say one thing too when you were talking mm-hmm. about guys telling you this is the way you're gonna sound or this is the way you should sound being such a young band at the time did you guys ever face any backlash i mean i know obviously and everybody here knows that you definitely earned your stripes and were there for all the right reasons but you ever face any of that with the older bands on tours or on any of these festivals like guys you know oh. saying you know like more of a gimmick young band like is this or was it kind of like welcome to the welcome to the party right from day one hell yeah we we, we got shit on by so many people <laughs> I mean, we were, uh, when we were showcasing, um, uh, we had a, uh, a residency at Ted's Wrecking Yard in Toronto, old club gone now, but it was a great spot. And, uh, we were, we were playing with a band called Cleavage all the time. I remember Cleavage. And, uh, they wasn't were, that Lucas's band. That was Lucas's band. <laughs> yeah. Lucas, Lucas Rossi. Super fucking shitty to us. <laughs> really shitty. Oh boy. And uh and yeah, just just other bands. I, I mean we we played with um ZZ Top and the Tea Party on a uh on a festival once. Right. And uh you know, we we had read the paper and this is how shitty and cocky and well, shitty sums it up. But this is, <laughs> we we just we read that Jeff Martin, you know, just being like a a, fr- a little bit of friendly competition. He's like I feel bad for some 41 since they're playing after us. And uh, we just, dude, we went into fucking military mode. We were just so angry and so pissed. We took the article, we burned it on stage. We made fun of his mustache and, and it's like, but the drummer and the bass player were always good dudes to us. Like we had done a couple shows here before. And it was just, I remember seeing them after the show and they were just like, why, like, why would you go in that hard? (laughs) The the reason I mentioned that show is because of the dichotomy of like tea party fucking hating us. Right. And then ZZ top coming up to us and being like, you guys are fun, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, super fast, and that was that was a lot of fun, man. It yeah, sure. Like, yeah, oh, shit. All right. Yeah, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the because Billy and those guys are always very friendly and very like, oh wow, man, you're like, yeah, that's man. that's cool guitar you're playing or whatever. They just don't care about any of that kind of stuff. That's so cool. That uh, I mean, it, it, whatever it takes, right? And sometimes yeah. that negative stuff puts a little extra gas in the tank to go out there and just kind of slay. And clearly, clearly, it worked to your benefit. I mean. Well, I, I think we took it a little harder than he meant it, but uh, you know that's just me being the the endless optimist. So that's you know, what are you <laughs> yeah. gonna do? Jeff's a very good friend of mine, but yeah, that you know he he, I think he kind of burned his own bridge right there. That was a that was that was a mistake. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I got I have no ill will towards Jeff. I'm I'll, I'll tell you that right now. But uh, he's I, probably I, talking I, shit about us right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. I hear more stories about the legend of Jeff than I've actually talked to the guy to actually like verify these stories. Oh, he's well, a here's your guy. chance to get back to him. We'll bring him on right <laughs> yeah, after yeah. you. It's, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. like a Mari episode. Like, and here's Jeff Martin. Boom. Where we feel really up? sorry for yeah. him having to go on after me. <laughs> Once this thing is all done, we'll make up, we'll hug at the end, and then we'll we'll play when the levee breaks. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious to know, Dave. So nine year hiatus. That's a long yeah. time. Yeah, that is a long time. Sure, yeah. you now. And you're back. How cool is that? Like you get to go back and like do it again now with, 
I mean, maybe it's long in the tooth to ask you this question, but like you have a new perspective and fresh, it's like you've matured, you've gone through all this stuff and your mates again, you know, it's like, it seems like the sort of the, you know, the, for a musician to do that, it's like one of those dreams where you can live it again, you know? Yeah. You I mean, yeah, for me, uh, sorry, did I, I just interrupted somebody? Not at no. all. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, the, um, as stop, somebody... stop being so Canadian, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I left the band, I knew that I would want to go back someday. Right. Okay. But, um, you know, not every day, but every once in a while, you kind of, I, I, I would kind of look at my phone and be like, ah, is, it, is the call coming today? Is the call coming? Nine years later, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it was really eight years later. Uh, Derek called me. He had, uh, he, this was right before he was about to go through uh, his uh, his kind of wake up call. Uh, sure, his, his liver shut down and yeah, and, uh, he had to kind of be reset. And uh, we would just kind of talk on the phone and uh, just rekindle what we had. And and you know we would we would talk for a while and talk for hours. And I was going through a really rough period uh, in my marriage. Like that was one of the few things that I couldn't save from uh, coming home. And, sure. uh, it was no fault of the, uh, of, uh, Jen, my ex, I, I just wasn't of the, the right mindset, you know, just kind of just dealing with, um, with, uh, accepting mediocrity right. and the fact that I should have done it a long time ago because there was always a, uh, no matter who you are, there's always a bit of mediocrity in what you do sure. and you either choose to recognize it or you choose not to. And I chose not to. And it just kind of got shoved under the rug and built up to uh, these moments that I had when I was home. And just the, the conversations we had were great. We, we immediately reset back to friends. And then when it came time to come back, I just like, like, I don't know, like a fighter preparing for a fight. I got into the gym. I just, I started, you know, really, really wood shedding the songs again. Wow. So that when I got back to, to playing, it was like, I could just slip into the lineup. And plus, you know, like Tom Thacker from Gob, literally yep. one of the most underrated guitar <laughs> players. Agreed. The guy yeah. is such a good player. And, kind of like stepping into a band where the two of us are going to kind of be the two um kind of lick playing guitar players it's right. like I, I i have to be up to snuff you know what i mean uh, so yeah it, it was just it was truly inspiring and it just stepping out on the onto that stage with the guys for the first time it felt like home but it there was just such a rush yeah, I bet. It, it was just nine years in the making. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that Derek's, you know, sober and in a good place and he seems in a really uh, in a happy situation. And I'm really happy to hear that because, I mean, this business is, is tough on people and I don't know how much is, is, is what, but I know he kind of uh, went through a, a tough go there and then coming out the other yeah. side and, you know, but, uh, thank God. I mean, it looked pretty dire from the, the stories at the time were like pretty touch and go for him for a young man. I mean, how old was he when he was going through the liver thing? Was he even 40 yet? Uh, he, no, he would have been uh late thirties. 
Yeah, that's, wow. that's but crazy. yeah, I mean, it, it was, I mean, you're, you're a lead singer too. Like you, you like the things you guys have to endure, like a guitar player, we can just kind of like raise the headstock up a little bit and <laughs> block everybody out. You know, the drummer, you know, you can just be right. like, oh, my click track. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, we can all, all of us can stare at our shoes, but as as a lead singer, there's just something where um, there's a hyper exposure. Yep. Yeah, and, and the uh, praise and the praise and the negativity is yeah. all directed towards the the face of the band. And unfortunately, Derek is that guy that that's the guy from some forty one or whatever. And so good, bad, or indifferent, it's, he's going to have to deal with it all all day long. Yeah, dude, and jeal- yeah. jealousy. That's a yeah, that's a rusty knife. Boy, is it! That, yeah, that. Yeah, people have no problem stabbing other people with. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, but like I said, it's 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 great at this point for you guys to be on the on the other side of it now, yeah. and being for all intents and purposes. Well, if you've been around since '96, you're almost like a. Uh, well, I won't. I won't call you classic rock because that We're sounds almost brutal. vintage. We're almost <laughs> yeah, vintage. but there is a there's a certain amount of vintage going on. I think that's. I think more classic, I think, is the word like uh, like even a heritage band sounds too old, but something about just having been around. And I think there's nothing wrong with, you know, having been around long enough to have proved your worth the staying power. Do you know what I mean? And that there's there's a there's an audience there um, that that has been with you guys since then. And 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 that's really exciting because there's something about like it's cool that, you know, that you saw the Stones when the Stones were five years old. But when you get to look at the Stones as an entire piece it's like that's really way more formidable, and I think looking at you guys now as an entire, all the history that's come and gone, you leaving, you coming back, I think it it really, it's a force to be reckoned with now for sure. Well, I mean, it's it's been amazing, and and we don't ask too many questions. I would never compare us to the Stones, so let's anybody. I compare our I yeah. compare us to the Stones all the time. <laughs> you <laughs> I'm constantly me, shut down. You yeah, and me yeah, are the yeah, bands. Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. all right, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. All of us that are sitting here, not as a band, just as people. <laughs> Listen, I'm Mick because I jog. All right. <laughs> well, dude, he just he just turned seventy eight. So I, I I'm constantly paying attention to these people who, you know, for all intents and purposes, yeah. we're watching that first generation of rock and roll get old. You know, I mean, we can have that conversation about when you take it back to Chuck Berry and little Richard and, and those guys, but I'm saying as a rock band watching the Rolling Stones still be the Rolling Stones at a time, 10, 15 years or 10. Yeah. Something almost 15 years after most people retire from their job is fascinating, you know, but I I think I'm like you, it's like, well, I I don't, I don't see a reason why some 41 shouldn't be playing in 20 years from now. And I'll be like, some 41's playing tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, speaking of that and and longevity, I mean, you know, you're back, you you guys are doing this and this is not the reunion, you know, that, you know, this is, this is, you guys are back at it. What's the plan going forward? I mean, you guys, I mean, obviously we we all had the year, uh, you know, where we had time to sit back and, and obviously think and do sort of, you know, lots of stuff at home. What's, uh, what's the plan for you guys going forward now? For us, a um, a touring circuit can be so long. Uh, for us, we we will tour a record for maybe four or five years. Wow. But um, the yeah, the tool of punk rock. Yeah, <laughs> no, the uh, <laughs> we had um, we've had this time to kind of lay low. And uh, we we actually made a conscious effort. There was a couple things that uh, that I did with members of the band where uh, we kind of um, decided with management that 
we wanted to stay really low as as far as um, using the Sum 41 name. And sure. we kind of just wanted to be musicians doing our thing. And uh, I think laying low is the um, is the idea right now just to uh, like not be overexposed and and, you know, kind of make people tired of us uh, because we've we've done that before and learned our lesson. So just go away for a bit and come back strong whenever uh, whenever the time calls for it. I think the takeaway is important sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's it's important for some to be, because it brings back an excitement when it's like, some 41's playing tonight, oh my God, you know, as opposed to like, not these guys again. I mean, obviously you're going to have an audience that will come see you every single night, but yeah. but you, you can't overstay, and I've, I've stayed too long at many parties, so <laughs> it's a good lesson to learn. <laughs> Dude, I will never, I will never leave a conversation. Yeah. I, I will yeah. sit there and just take it and people will come by and be like, Hey, you all right? Hey, uh, we could uh, use you over here for you. I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. You heard it. You heard it here. Everybody strap in. It's going to be our first yeah. 12 hour. Uh, Three hour. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna make a record. Yeah. We just wouldn't, we just wouldn't say goodbye. He just kept yeah. going. Yeah. Well, well, that being said, we have to address the question that's come up probably 10 or 15 times. Oh, okay. The band name. Some forty-one. What's what's oh, the yeah. question? What's the what's the? And we know that's the answer. What's the question, dude? It's so not deep. It, it's literally just they started the band at a warp tour. That warp tour happened to be forty-one days into the summer. That's, that's right. It. It's so yeah. like yeah. I didn't know that. See, Good oh, to know. so it's not some forty-one. It's summer. 41 days. Summer forty-one. Okay. Got it. Summer forty-one. Creative. There you go. That's like actually, yeah, but I, that, it's so funny though, because uh, it's such a great name. I think it, it, when I think of Sum 41, it just comes at you hard with the, the album title names and everything was so clever and the videos. And it was just kind of like this all, it seemed to be so like ready. Like, you know, it didn't seem to have that kind of like, even the EP seems very like good to go as opposed to like, there was like three albums of like, of like, you know, kind of trying to figure it out. It just sort of, you guys had it together. And real quick, yeah. we have to interject. Speaking of good name, uh, Hoogie's, Hoogie's chiming in on the side here. No way. <laughs> What's up, Hoogie? Yeah, Hoogie's on. I think <laughs> Hoogie's forget. rehearsing right now with Shinedown. But I know he's oh, uh, wow. he's alumni from you guys, right? He was on some early you oh, know, yeah, tours yeah, with yeah. you guys. He, he was with us uh, a good amount of Half Hour Power and a good amount of um, All Killer No Filler. Of course, uh, yeah. Him and... Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys know uh, a guy named Simon Head. I remember, I remember Simon. What about yeah. Danny Moise? Oh, Dan Moise. Man, Dan Moise is now, uh, he does a lot of Pennywise. And, yep. uh, but uh, he he was there when I came back, and it was just so good to see old Danny. You know you know, you know Dan. Like, I, well, you know happy. how I know Dan, Dave? How do you uh, know Dan? Dan was a drum student in Winnipeg. We're talking 80s. Okay. at a store that I used to teach at. And he was a great student and a young guy that, I mean, I kind of knew him through the store. And then we kind of, you know, fell out. He was drumming around town and everything. And then when he got the gig with you guys and then you exploded, it was kind of like a big thing for even a Winnipeg guy. Like, hey, man, he's working for some 41. That was oh, a yeah. cool thing. Yeah, that and he stayed with the band for like 20 years, man. Like, like Dan Moise is like a, a staple. Like uh, one, of those, um, one of those people that's part of the family that even like fans will show up and be like, Hey, is Dan here? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. to the, yeah. To this day. So 
Well, Hoogie says he's in pre-pro. He says hi. He's on the side here just uh, chiming in. So he must be actually uh, with Shinedown rehearsing, and he should be working, but he's apparently watching Tuke Talk. <laughs> yeah. Now, so. <laughs> oh, Hoogie. Up to his old tricks, yeah. I'm going to yeah. out him. I'm going to post this on. You should be now, is Hoogie, <laughs> is the, what is the, Hoogie was, uh, was there not a piece of meat and a, some mustard in one of your videos with Hoogie, or was that a different band? Are we, are, Hoogie, what's going on here? What? You might yeah. no. That might be. Uh, I don't know if I should out him like that. that. Might be but Gob think, or something. Did anyone? Maybe I don't know. A uh, Gob did I, everything under the. Uh, all out. Yeah, guys. exactly. <laughs> like oh. just like magic tricks. They would come on our bus. They'd be like, <laughs> "I'm gonna make this orange disappear." You know, he'd hold it down by his stomach, right? They'd drop a stage towel, and then pull the stage towel away, and he's just got no pants on. <laughs> was that Theo? Yeah. Oh, Kuki says, yeah. sorry, it was simple plan. That was simple plan. Oh, oh simple plan. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. No, no. Uh Hooky uh jumped around on a bed in England on his last night with us naked and <laughs> shot off a fire extinguisher. Maybe it was no, I think it was Derek that shot off the fire extinguisher, but yeah. I love that these people are all like fathers of multiple children now, oh, and, like, taxpayers, and and I'm just here. I'm just here, payers. like this is this is what your dad did back in the day, kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find I find a lot of our road crew guys party way harder than the bands these days. Well, I don't know. He's yeah. apparently uh, he's stating here. Uh, we can pull it up that it wasn't just him. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, he was the only one that was naked that i remember and I, yeah, I love that that's his yeah. memory he's basically he's like will ferrell on the on yeah. on the hey we're going streaking, we're going streaking. <laughs> he's just the one naked guy <laughs> it's on a dvd he says okay yeah. well it's on the dvd yeah yeah, yeah. I recall that. Uh, Somebody asked well, about. Uh, we don't want to keep you too long because I know you can't say goodbye. And, and I'm, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to tell me to go. Uh, most of us, me, most yeah. of us, our bladders tell us when to leave. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, somebody was asking about the name of the group of the album Chuck. I'm sorry, I've lost it here now. Oh, it was Johnny Langan. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. What? Hey, Johnny. Wow, wild picture. You are in a bend there, homie. Cool. He's got like a, a hot pink uh, Jackson. Or something. A Charvel. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Is that a like? Oh no, no, no! It's a window. I thought he was out in the woods. Oh, he might be out in the woods. Yeah, just throwing out a unison bend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, so okay, so the uh, the name of the the record Chuck, uh, we named it after a uh, a peacekeeper that essentially saved us and uh, long story short, forty other people that were holed up in a hotel in uh, the uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo. And Damn. basically, we were kind of just caught in the middle between the Congolese military and uh, a Rwanda militia that had been turned away from the Rwandan border. They, they showed up. They had occupied mines down there. It, it's a thing that's that was going on and still goes on to this day. Please read up on this if you haven't yet. And um, they were just kind of like, oh, you want to get back into Rwanda? Sorry. Thanks to your crimes against humanity you have no country so he's like okay i'll just take over the the congo so he just turned around guns firing and it, it was it was a crazy crazy experience for wow. uh you know for suburban children right and um yeah and if it wasn't for chuck peltier 
none of us would have gotten out because uh, about, I think it was 24 or 48 hours after we left, the UN compound that uh, we had uh, gotten from the hotel to was overrun and taken over by the that same militia that was advancing. <laughs> Damn, man. So it, it, was, it was gnarly, man. And, and uh, we saw some things that, that will stay with us forever. And, and you know, uh, the good thing about the takeaway from that is that um, they inspired us to be better people and let us know uh, how privileged we are to grow up where we, where we did and to be who we are. I mean, because some some days that's easy to forget. But um, in honor of all those lessons and essentially escaping with our lives, we we named it Chuck because we were just like this. This would probably be the right honor for for this guy. And we're all to blame was actually written uh, in the Congo. As far as that's so cool. Wow. Did you guys maintain uh, contact with Chuck over these years or? I try to. He is really bad with with uh, with technology. <laughs> I, I was I yeah. was I was like I was in touch with uh, his buddy Jamie for a while, and we'd have to kind of like go through Jamie to uh, to get to Chuck. But uh, yeah, Chuck, if you're out there and you're listening to Tuke Talk or you're watching it, you reach out to me, baby. There you go. It's like yeah, he, he does. He, he's not big on technology, but he tunes into Tuk Talk every week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but he has a thought. Yeah, he said he's not into to tech, but uh, yeah, <laughs> not into tech, but he's into Tuk. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Langan says that that is his Charvel. It's called he calls it the Pink Vengeance, which I think is a good is a good side project name for our band. The we also have Pink this right here, yeah. Fits in my ass more. Than <laughs> Look, we were inspired. Hoogie had so many cameos, legendary cameos with you guys and everyone else that when I played in Theory of a Dead Man. one right here. here. Oh, boy. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's just talk about this. We had Tyler Connolly on from Theory last, I think, last week, and we were, we're talking dropping about names. We're dropping names. Watch your feet. Uh, another another guy cameos. Right? Hoogie, oh, where are you? Uh, Davenport, Iowa. Wow. I like it. Uh, I like our it. first wow. show here is uh, Thursday. Cool. With Shine That's Down, exciting. Right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. First show yeah. since December 21st. How long uh, of a run is that? 2019. Be? We have eight shows uh, in the U.S., and then we got 18 days off, and then we go back out for 26 shows. Damn, that's good a, that's a serious run. Yeah. Wow. Stay, stay safe out there, buddy. Stay safe. It's good to see yeah, you. Yeah, you know, got the mask, trying to stay safe. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's definitely different, but, uh, you know, uh, excited for all those feelings on uh, the first show, as I'm sure yeah, all man. you guys. 100%. Yeah. Well, when you're, you're now an official member of the Pink Vengeance as well, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, there Boom. you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't play music. We just sit around and talk about music and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll come hang out with you guys. And, Perfect. I don't play music either. There's we should we should do like uh, having a guy like Hoogie. Come on, can you imagine the stories Hoogie will have just for like ninety minutes? Oh my gosh! Or the stories that everybody. Chris has about me for ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen the uh, I've seen the the shirtless wrestling on a bus on multiple occasions. I've seen the, shots of yeah, salsa, shirtless wrestling. Tuk hasn't seen it yet. Uh, I'm gonna have to whip those out. Might yeah. be an episode. There's, there's definitely, there's definitely that guy. Definitely has more footage than anybody of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you top, have to be careful. Topless, hanging out in the front lounge with a dark bear mask. <laughs> oh, oh that's in a theory of a dead man video. 
Yeah. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. Those you were inspiring from all the other stuff with some 41 that we were like, we got to get to uh, get Hoogie in our uh, our theory videos. Hoogie, did you ever work for Gob? Oh, I yeah. worked for Gob. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, that's that's who got me into network management was Gob. That's I what I thought. With them. Yeah, yeah. And then wow. I got in with Mr. Greg Nori, Trouble Charger. Uh, Greg's the best. Man, the first the first time I went to Toronto with Gob, some 41 opened up. A young Dave came up on stage. We were at the Elmo Camo upstairs. Yeah. God, this was like 99, I think it was. Wow. Talk about uh, dating us right now. But yeah. I believe it was 99, and like we had a one-off. We were out with like Moist and Matthew Good or something. And we had a couple wow. shows, I think, at the end. Oh, That's yeah. the most Canadian sentence yeah. I've ever heard. Do you, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Moist's, uh, Moist's tech? Uh, I forget what his name was, but he had mm. like a kung fu ponytail. We called him Steven Seagal because he kind of looked like. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he th- and he threatened he threatened to kick our like we it made it even funnier because he's like I'm gonna kick your gear into the fucking snow if you don't move it. <laughs> we were like, where where do we move it? We were playing this club. It was it was like kind of like the horseshoe in Toronto, where sure. it's like. Either your gear is in the hallway or it's out in the in the snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> or or the the legendary. We were talking about me and uh, our pyro guy Simon from Canada. We were talking about Barrymore's and that wonderful ramp oh, in Ottawa, yeah. dude. Yeah, you remember that yeah. thing? You're loading out. <laughs> like I remember doing a uh, trouble charger show in that place with Cobb <laughs> and uh, Eve Six. All of those oh, guys wow. could have played there alone. Oh yeah, yeah. And wow. It, it, yeah, it was an interesting experience. The stage was like eight feet tall, if I recall that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, we've definitely seen a lot of road with all yes, of you Yes, absolutely. And we will again, my friend. We will. <laughs> and we you will. are we're jealous. We're jealous that you're on tour, Hoogie. So uh, we're all yeah. living vicariously through you. Right I, I got I to gotta be honest. I'm not that jealous. I'm actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's definitely different, you know, just, you know, I guess if anybody's watching, just be respectful and be, you know, safe. It's, you yeah. know, the Delta thing is definitely, uh, it Delta mm-hmm. thing's definitely out there and hopefully it doesn't uh, squash us because I don't think this industry can last another 18 months if it does. I know. Uh, it's you know? so scary, isn't it? But so, no, I'm glad to see you guys are leading the charge in many ways. Yeah. Somebody's got to, you know, get out there. <laughs> yeah. And if we don't, if we don't start somewhere, you know, nobody, you know, we could all sit at home and, you know, Do this. Or, or start doing this again, right? Yeah, well, please yeah. say hi to the guys for us. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. And tell them good luck. I, I'm excited to. Are you, are you coming through Vegas or no? No, no, no. I, I will travel 15 minutes to the show with good parking, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Nothing West Coast, you know, just just the uh, okay. just the red red states and stuff like that. Okay. Know, places yeah. places that are opened up. Uh, so yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, Understand, we, uh, it'll be good. It'll be good. Exciting. Uh, I see the right theory on. boys on. Uh, I think they're opening. They're opening for the guys on Sunday or Saturday. Oh, cool! Like wow! Yeah, yeah. small Pop world. Evil, Canada Pop down there. On a couple. Yeah, there's a lot Team of Canadians Canada. floating around down here right now. Uh oh! Mm-hmm. Look out! Hold on to your wallet. <laughs> yeah, Just kidding. I know. They let us over the border. Essential. Essential workers. Essential workers. Yeah. We're going up as essential workers next week to to Canada. I hope it works. Yeah, oh, Tuke's no, going to Canada out. next week. Yeah, we're going. We're playing in it. We're playing in Edmonton. On the fourteenth, so this will be our first trip into the country since, well, almost two years, twenty months, or something like that. Oh my God, mm-hmm. you're so lucky. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
We're, we're very we're excited. scheduled to play Slam Dunk in uh, September, but uh, things are kind of going off in Britain right now, so we're we're oh. not sure. Oh, yeah. We're not sure what what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, we're fingers. Yeah, crossed. overseas is a bit wacky right now, so yeah. Yeah. fingers crossed, indeed. Well, Dave, it's been incredible. I really appreciate oh, you guys. hanging out, man. Well, yeah, I can't wait to hang out in person with everybody. It's For been real. really cool. It's been really cool seeing everybody, but I can't wait till it's actually like, you know sharing nachos or something at, sne- <laughs> at sneaky d's they still have sneaky d's in toronto is sneaky d's still there oh, it still is it's still there it's kick it van organ thieves gonna play there again too oh for they? real i love that's that place dream. man that's the dream i'm gonna i i can't wait to get back and enjoy some of that then yeah i love toronto <laughs> i my wife's from the hamilton area so that whole southern ontario hang i just i, I always think how smart is it to move out here and just all these places to play? It's like, no, let's go to Vancouver. So the first show is like Calgary after 12 hours. And you're like knackered from the first show on the rest of the tour. But um, yeah, if you're, in, if you're in Toronto and you feel like a great rock and roll bar, uh, you know, there's there, the bovine is still kicking. Of course. Of course. Uh, yeah. But make your way to uh, the hard luck. It just got bought by a friend of mine and uh, she's really turning it into uh a space where I feel like uh, young bands and new bands can come up, really cut their teeth in uh, in like cool. a great, great atmosphere around nice. some uh, some good people that love music. So just just hard luck. Uh, go again. What, what was the name of the bar and where is uh, it? The bar's name is Hard Luck. It's in Toronto, and uh, it's on Dundas Street. There you go. Okay. And that, and that's such a great story to hear because after COVID, you hear of all the bars that were closing. It's nice to see a bar that's yeah, opening man. up and okay. still offering live yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. And, and hey, the scene needs it, so go. If you're in Chatham, the only place to play still is my backyard. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's just played there before. You know, I have. Yeah, we've we've had run, a few tour buses there. There, you run the risk of naked hoogie, but it's fun. yeah, it's true. Yeah, wasn't there the pink elephant <laughs> out there? The pink elephant was that we, a thing uh, in Chatham? It was uh, the elephant's nest. That's right. That's yes, the elephant's nest. nest. And then uh, there was the uh, eight ball, which changed to the, the twisters, and yeah. Hey, it says Robant777 said that Boonstock is happening in the UK next weekend and Devin Townsend has arrived in the UK and is quarantined in a hotel for 10 days. So Devin went over there, is going to quarantine for 10 days, then play a show at Bloodstock. Hell yes. That's, hey, Devin's Canadian. Why why have we not had Devin on here? I'm going to chase that one down. That'd be great. Well, if you got Devin, you got to get Gene. Agreed. Oh yeah, man, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, lads, this has been wonderful okay. as always. Thank you so much, Dave. That was that was really fun. We could have done this for another two hours. I have so many more questions and things to to address. But um, and Hoogie, we should just have Hoogie on for his own show one of these days. A roadie one would be great, man. People don't That's understand great. all, all the best stories. All the stories will drop about all you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop and then we'll leave. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the truth will come out. Exactly. Yeah. If you want the truth, talk to a roadie. Those NDAs are, are no more, right? The ones I signed back some forty one. Yeah, those NDAs are totally lapsed oh, yeah, by yeah, now. Yeah, you're fine. That's yeah, lapsed fine. by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally lapsed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fast. That is All right, right, gang. All right, big love to you. Next care, week, guys. next it. week we're next week. Great we're talking with everybody. We're debuting, debuting the video next week. Right? New video next week. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see you then. All right, Dave, everybody. that was awesome. Dave, thank you so much. 
You guys are doing great, great to see you, Dave. man. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Thank see you. you. Next Tuesday, I look forward everybody. to seeing you guys. All right. Hey, make sure you tell Derek to to look us up. We'll have a. I don't know. We'll get Sebastian Bach and Gene Simmons and just have uh, just put all those people together and just sit back and watch that insanity. Oh, <laughs> man, that would be amazing. It would put, be Derek, sure. put Derek. Yeah, make sure that. I can be in Vegas for that. Yeah, please yeah, do. Yeah. Please come down. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Take care, all right. everybody. All right, guys. We'll talk guys, to you later. later. Big love. Big love, everybody Bye. on the side. Two, two, three, two, three.